Hi, I'm Dave Kelch. And I'm Warwick Johnson. Welcome to Cinema Stalgia. Where we rewatch movies from our childhood and see if they really are great or if time has passed them by. It's time to get nostalgic with your old pals Dave and Warwick. From Independence Day to Platoon, Cinema Nostalgia is starting soon. Yes, Cinema Nostalgia is starting soon. Have some fun with them, they're watching movies. From stuff that makes you laugh to stuff that's spooky. You want to listen well, don't have a cow. Cause Cinema Nostalgia is starting now. Yes, Cinema Nostalgia is starting now. Now, Dave and Warwick, come on out, take a bow. Cause Cinema Nostalgia is now. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cinema Nostalgia. On this episode, the movie we're going to be talking about is All Dogs Go to Heaven, But They Probably Shouldn't. Uh-uh. Released in 1989, directed by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman, and it stars the voices of Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Charles Nelson Reilly, and Judith Barcy. So uh, Warwick brought the movie to the table this I week. I did, I did. I picked this movie, and I apologize. <laughs> I am very sorry for picking it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, you can go ahead and talk to a little bit about your background with the movie. Yeah, so uh, so the movie came out in 1989, um, and I was five, I right. think, when this movie came out. Um, and I remember seeing it, like, I, I think I remember seeing it in theaters. I don't, you know, and then, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not entirely sure that I've seen it sort of since then. Right. But so I saw it in theaters when I was a kid, and I remember just like really liking this movie as a kid. I, I think we had it on VHS, so I've had to have seen it since it like came out. I remember like really enjoying it and liking it a lot. But watching this movie, I was just like, I don't remember almost anything about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought that was like really funny. It, I think this is a this was a good pick, not not because it's a good movie. This is a good pick because it's exactly um, what we had originally thought was going to happen, which is that we were like. Let's pick these movies that we loved as kids, and some of them are going to be terrible. This movie fits that criteria. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Do you have so? What's what about you? What's what's your background with I all mean, dogs go to heaven? I know this is the thing when you suggested this one, and especially today when I sat down to watch it, I was like, "All right, I know I've seen this movie, <laughs> but." It was maybe once, and it was probably, you know, when I was a kid, and like you, maybe around when it came out, Yeah. which I would have been 11, 11, 10, 11, somewhere there, depending on what the actual yeah. date of release was. You know, I don't really remember anything about this movie. There's dogs. Maybe one of them goes to heaven. I don't know. That's <laughs> I'm assuming that from the title. Yeah. But other than that, I... Pretty much came into this one pretty blank. I had I had no idea this movie takes so this movie takes place in 1939 in New Orleans. Yep. I had no idea about either of those things. <laughs> um, I thought it took place in like modernish time. I thought you know like the 80s, and because there's only two scenes that I distinctly remember from the movie. The first one is when uh, they're in the car and he's like tucking her in and she like isn't going to sleep or whatever. Right. That is one of the only scenes that I remember. And then when they're in hell, those are the only things I remember from this movie <laughs> is when Charlie goes to hell because it's fucking terrifying. Yes. Oh, we'll get to that point. <laughs> Everything else. I was just like, I don't remember any of this. I don't remember any of this plot. 
I didn't even remember that it was a musical, and there's a bunch of songs in it. Uh, I think we could loose songs call in. Them so- I mean, quotes. I mean, there are some people who do things on those songs that do know how to sing. Yes, there are a lot of legit. But there musicians. is one important person who doesn't know how to sing, which we will get. To. It's it's one of the, it's so funny because it's like okay, you know, when you're a kid. You see something and it sticks with you, mm-hmm. and you don't. And then you're as an as an adult, you look back and you're like, "Why the fuck did this stick with me? I have no idea why I was like, oh, I loved All Dogs Go to Heaven. That movie, that that's a great animated movie.' And yeah. I was watching this, and as the movie progressed, I was just like, "What did I ever see in this as a child? Right? <laughs> like as a kid watching this movie, I don't know what the appeal was at <laughs> all about any of it." Well, I think it's funny because I know there's a movie on my list that I'm sure we'll get to at some point, the uh, Masters of the Universe movie with Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> yeah. which I saw that a few times as a kid, but have never really seen it again as an adult. Mm. And as a kid, that movie sticks in my mind as like, oh, this, this movie's pretty awesome. But I have a feeling that one is might be like this. Yeah. I just, I, I I, I just have a right. feeling about that one. <laughs> think you're gonna be right uh so let's dive into all dogs go to heaven yeah, because let's do it. uh we have a lot to talk about yes uh not the least <laughs> of which is the fact that their dog gangster like their dog mob doesn't make any sense at all um but we'll get to that so the movie starts off with a prison break yep. which uh, is a pretty bold choice for a children's movie well also i thought it was funny because i mean it's a prison break but what it very at the very beginning when they're like underground and uh, Itchy, who is a dachshund voiced by Dom DeLuise, yep. um, he's like working, climbing through a tunnel or whatever, and he's got like an old miner's hat on with yes. the headlight. And I'm like, wait, is this some sort of untold saga of West Virginian coal mining dogs? Because <laughs> yeah. and one of them gets trapped in a mine and he goes, and that's how he dies? I don't know. And the other thing is, this is one of the first kids' movies that I can like that I that I know of that starts completely in the middle of the story. Yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that happens before this film begins that we kind of get caught up on as it goes on. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, holy shit! Like this is like in Medius Ray. Like this is how yeah. you introduce children to the concept. Is you just say all dogs go to heaven. They're, you know, they're tunneling along, the light's going in and out, yep. which is actually kind of a cool visual. Oh, no, no, the way they do the opening sequence is really, I, I mean, I like how they did it, yeah. It's one of the few bright spots of the film. <laughs> it's, it's a jailbreak, he's breaking them out of the pound. And right away I was like, wait, what? Because these dogs are breaking out of a pound and they're being shot at. Yes, yeah, by the guards. So yeah. they 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 it's come a out. maximum security pound for the worst offenders. They're shooting at these dogs from like the tower because they're we don't see any people come out and chase after them. So they're just sitting up there, just like shooting at these dogs with a rifle, and they're running around and slapstick and like you know falling all over themselves. And I'm just like, this is a really weird dissonance. Like watching as an adult because you're like, oh, there's so much slapstick for the kids, but it's like. These are just humans shooting guns at dogs. Like, that they're yep. supposed to be, like, you know, watching, taking care of. It's like, the oh whole God. relationship between the human world and the animal world in this movie is very poorly thought out. Like, yeah. there was, like, the, when I was watching it this time, there were so many times where I'm like, wait, so which people can understand which other people? Like, and. Oh, my God. Who, <laughs> And they and like, did people like just see because the dogs? Some of the things that they're doing, 
Yeah, and and one of the 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 first human that you really see and you see them interact with can talk to animals and she can understand what they're saying. And so it's not till later in the film that you get any kind of idea that humans don't understand dogs. I just thought this is a world of talking dogs for so long. Yep. Also, dogs are apparently the only animals that can, well, the dogs can understand each other and other animals apparently can talk to each other. We find out that later in yeah. the film. But in the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to uh, there's other animals that are around and they just make animal noises. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, so only, so dogs are intelligent in this yeah. and there's very few people you sort of see people yeah. in the background of the scenes and stuff, but it's like, is this a dog society? Like, I was like, what is happening in this movie? Yeah, so they they break out. So Charlie and Inchie are able to break out, and they head back to Charlie's gambling den, yeah. which he splits with his buddy Carface. Yes, Carface. Um, and Carface, by the way, on the way there, they show signs of this, like, gambling house. Yep. And Carface has just... Drawn an X through Charlie's name. Yep. On all of the signs. All the signs. And like, this should be a hint. <laughs> Charlie doesn't doesn't notice, doesn't care. And it's just like, he he literally X'd your name out out of all the signs. <laughs> How do you not think it's like, oh, this guy maybe is gonna betray me, or maybe was the one that sent me up the river in the first place. Yep. Well, so they get there and it turns out that their gambling establishment is a literal rat race. Yes, I thought that was I was like, oh, funny, funny guys, funny. Yeah, so they have a bunch of different rats. They all have different like characters too. Yep. Like one was squad car and he had like a little red light on his yeah, head. Yeah, because he's black and, and white and he's got a red light on his tail or head or whatever. Yeah. And then there was like Big Tom, who was just a big fat rat. Yeah, and so they all had like persona, I guess, for yep. their race and stuff. It was very funny and very weird too. So we go into this casino and there's oh, wait. just... All I want to say, what do you want to say about the rat race? Oh, yeah. I thought it was very funny because I'm like, wait, these are dogs. If there are any terrier or terrier mixes in this crowd of dogs watching the rat race, this just won't work. I'm sorry, <laughs> because they are too hardwired to yeah. just chase those rats. <laughs> it's so weird. And uh, we see this the world of this casino, basically, right, that Charlie runs... It's insane. You've got dogs that are drinking all over the place, just drinking beer. And again, this is a children's movie that's rated exactly. G. That's, I mean, that's the only way I can think that they got away with it is like, oh, there's not, it's not people drinking beer. It's dogs. It's dogs drinking beer. The main Don't character, tell children it's okay to give dogs beer. It's not okay to give dogs beer. No, it's not. The main character gets <laughs> super drunk just in like the next scene. Yeah. Uh, it's so It's so weird. And there's dogs that are wearing like makeup. Oh, that's and terrifying. It's a very disturbing uh, visual. So this is going to sound... The cartoon style of this kind of reminded me of Ren and Stimpy at certain points. It's... Yeah, I mean, it's... It harkens back to... Because, I mean, like, Bluth also did Rats of Nim. Right. Or Secret, well, Secret, Secret of, of Nim, Nim is the movie. Miss yeah, Frisbee yeah. and the Rats of Nim is the book. And American Tale, where you see... It's got kind of this kind of squishy, flexible style yeah. of animation... Because of, like the characters, their bodies, like if they're being hugged or whatever, they're very they're very squishy. You know, mm-hmm. their shapes aren't s- always solidly defined in like you might see in more realistic animation. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's a little bit of what you're seeing for sure with that, like Ren, like yep. mentioning like Ren and Stimpy. Also, so a it, lot of the there's a lot of like gross details that get added yeah. to a lot of the a lot of the animals and a lot of the characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the horses in the horse race scene, a lot of the horses they all have very different visual styles, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of it is all very like kind of detailed and kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Like Charlie himself, like the main character, kind of looks like a mangy 
dog at times, which I mean, yeah, and he almost looks like a coyote sometimes. Yeah, like to me. So I mean, I mean, I do wonder if that was intentional to represent his character, you yeah. know, because he definitely is kind of a shady character to start off. Yeah, the movie and for a big chunk of it. In the casino, though, we do get my favorite line of the movie, and I actually did. I laughed pretty hard at this. Which is when they're making the bets, and again, they're they're wagering for steaks, and I mean actual steaks. Yep. They are just big pieces of meat. And one of the dogs is like, oh, well, what's the odds on Terrible Tom? Terrible. And it's just, <laughs> it's just such a weird moment and such a weird line that I just laughed hysterically at it. I'm like seeing these dogs like weighing meat to give out to people. Yeah. Oh, it was bizarre. So Burt Reynolds comes back in. Doesn't notice, apparently, doesn't notice that Carface has personally scratched his name off of everything. Right. And he's just like, I'm back. And he sings a ridiculous song <laughs> where we get the the first example of why when you're casting a musical, Burt Reynolds is a great actor, but, uh, you know, not a good singer. Yeah, anytime we talk about Burt Reynolds singing in this movie, always read and understand when we say singing or sing that's got quotes around it because <laughs> yeah, like the biggest the biggest quotes that you could possibly get around it. Yeah, because um, sings is definitely a loose term for what, <laughs> what Burt Reynolds does in this movie. Yeah, he sings in the same way that Marlon Brando dances in Island of Doctor Moreau. I mean, like or acts in or Dr. acts in Doctor Moreau. Um, oh, oh my God! God. When this so this was I didn't remember that this was a musical. So this song starts. And I was just like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> because Reynolds, like, Reynolds at his best, quote, quote, when he's singing these songs, when he's basically just talking in rhythm. Yeah. But anytime there's any kind of actual, like, I was just like, how much money did they spend on this movie? They couldn't have hired a vocal coach. Well, not even that. They couldn't have done what untold numbers of Disney movies have done, where you have one person who voices the character for speaking, oh, and, and then, then when they sing, they have an actual singer that voices the character for when they're singing. And in so many, so many Disney movies, I mean, I think they've maybe gotten away from it now and started hiring actually some more like musical actors, like in uh, Frozen, like in Dina Menzel. Yeah, Dina Menzel did, did in Frozen. And I think they're trying to get people who can sing in addition to acting. Mm -hmm. But I know, especially in the days of like Aladdin and Lion oh, I mean King Aladdin. And Ariel. I don't, except for Robin Williams, <clears throat> I don't think any of the voice cast did their own singing. Well, right. the guy who did Jafar, but I mean, it's like yeah. those two. Yeah. Everybody else did not do their own yeah. singing. Aladdin didn't. Jasmine didn't. And they here's the thing: they do it in this movie for Anne Marie. And they do it for a sad reason, but they still do it. So it's like you had the option to just be like, hey, Bert, don't worry about the songs, man. We got it covered. We yep. brought in this Broadway guy. He's going to do it. Oh, man. And this is, again, not to take anything away from Burt Reynolds, who's amazing, a great actor, terrific yep. actor. Gator. Just, Gator, man. <laughs> uh, Gator McCluskey. Just, you know, but Gary McCluskey's not balding out Arius. No. Nope. No, of course not. He's <laughs> driving around on speedboats shooting people. Exactly. That's what he does best. Just leave it at that. I can't drive this point home uh, hard enough. This is a children's movie that takes place in the Great Depression mm -hmm. about, it does, in the, ninth, well, 1939. We're recovering. Recovering sure. from the Depression. Yeah. Okay, that, that's that's fair. It's not like, it's not like the worst of it. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, like, really, we got out of the Great Depression after we entered World War II. Right, so we're like yeah. 42, 43. Yeah. There's, okay, we're still feeling the effects of the Great Depression. Yeah. Oh, How about sure. that? Um, 
but it is a yeah it's a children's movie that's set in that time here it's about an, about an orphan and like all and these mobster dogs mobster dogs and like the majority of the movie is set in casinos and horse and tracks horse tracks oh my um, god junkyards yep. yeah they and as soon as they get any kind of money they open up a bar i mean yeah, well they basically build their own new casino yep yeah, and it's with blackjack and hookers. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't know Dog there's hookers. hookers. So at least there's that. Um, and so okay, so after his after his do, after his doofy song, yep. where Burt Reynolds kind of stumbles through it, he goes and meets with his old pal Carface, yep. who runs and, the casino. Now. Yeah, and Carface is a bulldog. Yes. And he's uh, like smoking cigars all the time. Yeah. Also, I'm like dogs don't. Smoke. Dogs don't smoke cigars. What the hell? <laughs> also, he loves cars. Yeah, like everybody in this, all the car, all the dogs in this movie love cars. Yeah, well, and it's funny because I mean, yeah, he likes cars. He apparently dreams about driving cars and like likes to pretend to drive cars because mm-hmm. he's got this whole setup we see later in the movie. Uh, but I'm I was just trying to figure out like why is his name Carface? Was it just because someone in the writing staff wanted to make a stupid Scarface joke? That is exactly <laughs> what it is. I I guarantee you. They didn't think past it at all. They're just his like car, his face doesn't look by a car. He was no. hit by a car. It's like the only thing we see at one point he he's rigged one of the like junked cars up with like a big fan and he's pretending like he's driving. And there's it like, with, like a like, screen on. behind him. They project yep. a scene onto of like driving and he's like he's driving the car. And I'm like, oh, he's a dog that wants to drive a car. But why is that car face? This makes. Zero sense. It was somebody wanted to make a stupid joke, yep. and they did, and it's just and they did dumb. it, and it stuck. Um, <laughs> it's funny too because, like, yeah, Carface sounds like somebody that like Dick Tracy would punch after talking <laughs> on his like wrist communicator. His eyes are like really wide, set apart, and he's, and he's got like got giant a big metal. mouth with metal teeth. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Carface. Oh my God! Somebody call up the the writer of Dick Tracy. I I don't know if there's a writer of Dick Tracy anymore. <laughs> Call them up and just be like, we got a villain for you. Or he could be somebody on the Tick, because the Tick's already got Chairface Chippendale. That's true. So we could also get Carface, who's his, like, distant cousin. Mmm, yeah. And he would, but then he would literally have a car for us. Yeah, he would. He has, like, a tiny toy car. So anyway, he's got his musical number. He carouses with all the patrons of the casino. Yep. He's, like, finally goes to Carface. He's like, hey, we need to meet and we need to have a chat. And Carface basically says, "Oh, you know, you've you've done time. That's gonna that's gonna put a bad a bad look on the place yep. because somebody's a time." I'm like, "Wait, it's a gambling a casino, and you're saying it's gonna be disreputable because someone who has spent time in jail is associated." I mean, we all kind of know that casinos are mostly shady like even the ones where you think like well maybe this isn't run by the mob they're still a little bit on the shady level i mean no one looks at a casino and thinks house of good repute (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah nobody's ever just like well we should donate to this casino because they do such good works for the community i know yeah i mean like that's not something that anybody has ever said no yes it's all it's it's all criminals basically and especially in at at this time i'm not saying that all casinos are run by criminals but at this time, yeah. and it's obviously a criminal cons- casino. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, that I think is interesting is, like, we don't see any evidence ever of there being any sort of dog law enforcement. 
are are they actually afraid that human law enforcement is going to come and bust their dog casino where they're uh, where they're uh, wagering meat? Yeah, <laughs> these, uh, these these dogs are these dogs are betting on on rats. We gotta round them up. Yeah, just take them to the pound. Take them to take them to a kill shelter. <laughs> oh man, I know. So I'm like, oh, it's just funny because there's no evidence anywhere of any sort of. Like law enforcement. Yeah, there's no dog cops. Yeah, there's no dog cops. Yeah, so I'm like, why are they so worried about, you know, him drawing attention to the casino because he's been in jail? And it's like, this just makes no sense. Uh, And then we get the first of, I counted four instances that this happens in the movie, which is where one of the characters overhears a conversation and that's how they figure out that something is going on. Yep. This screenwriter had this idea one time and they were like, just keep doing that. Doesn't matter. Because it's like that's how that's how Anne Marie finds out yeah. about Charlie. Like it, it keeps happening in the movie. I'm just like, this is the laziest thing I've ever seen. So Itchy overhears Killer and the rest of Carface's yeah. goons basically like admitting like because they basically it's it's like almost like they're reading from the script. They were just like yeah. We we sent Charlie up to the pound and he was supposed to get killed there, but now he's here, so one of us has to kill him. Okay, well let's argue about who's going to kill him and explicitly say it. And Inchi is there like taking notes and he's just like, Oh my god, like what this just they just kept going on. I was like, Who has this conversation? Who ex- who just explicitly says it's like, Oh yeah, this is what we did to this guy. Now he's here though, and now we have to murder him. It's crazy. And then so Itchy is still inside the casino, which is where Charlie was, right? Yep doesn't go and find Charlie right away. Instead, all of a sudden, we're at Mardi Gras, and Inchi is nowhere near them and is wandering around through the crowd trying to, like, find him. Yep. And I'm just like, you were right there! You were in the same building! Well, and yeah, and so, like, Carface, he, his whole plan is he goes and... Because do they drink at the casino, or it's they go to Mardi Gras? They're drinking while they're talking in the casino, but then they also go to Mardi Gras, and they drink a lot in the parade float. Right, and the, yeah, and they're in, the, they're in a parade float, and Carface, with a bunch of his cronies, and Charlie are all drinking because Carface and Charlie came to an agreeable deal that they're going to split it 50 split the stakes, the literal stakes, 50-50. 50% of the yawns, yep. 50% of the T-bones. Yep. And the thing I also thought was funny is, I don't know if it had something to do with maybe Mardi Gras, like, I don't know if this is a thing that there are some crews that do for the floats, but... While they're in the float drinking, like all of them, they're wearing like Shriner hats. Oh yeah, and, like that's right. Are these dogs Shriners? <laughs> <laughs> they're like the little like the tall fezes. Yeah, you know? and I think that was just their like gentlemen's club or whatever. You know, right. like the um, like the the big hats they would wear on the Flintstones when they yeah. would go and drink there. Yeah, it was just so funny because they're like sitting around with these hats on. And so they get Charlie really, really drunk and tell him Sloppy drunk. there's going to be a surprise and they're blindfolded and they go put him on the end of a dock mm-hmm. where they've rigged up a car at the top of a hill to run down onto the dock and hit Charlie With and the kill car. him. This is such an involved and crazy plan. For I'm dogs. Just, for dogs. I'm like, just shoot him. Just drown him. I mean, like, it's, I don't know. I mean... I don't mean for this to sound like a like I'm some sort of weird tear his sociopath. throat out like a real dog, <laughs> but it's like it's not that hard to kill a dog. I mean, like you don't have to devise a like gigantic like death trap for him. And I'm sure that this is just because they wanted the movie to be G-rated. But I was just like, there aren't there guns? Like, do they not have gun have dog guns? We find out later that they do. Mm-hmm. But it's ah, 
so weird. <laughs> um, but it works. It's the crazy yeah. thing. So they set this, the car goes down this like gigantic ramp. And again, Itchy finally finds Charlie because he's he's a very good friend. And he cares about yeah. Charlie, but he is terrible at trying to like save his life. Yeah. He basically shows up just at the moment Charlie gets killed <laughs> and yeah. sees it happen. Like, and it's just like, ah, damn. Uh, and then, bam, Charlie's in heaven. Because um, all dogs go to heaven. Yep. Wah, wah. And here's the thing. So, like, when he, when Charlie shows back up, you know, they're kind of complaining. It's like, oh, we're not getting our fair stakes or whatever uh, when Carface was in, in charge. And so Charlie just is, like, giving out stakes to people. Like, he, he dumps, like, a big pile of, like, bones and stakes and stuff on the on the table. So, but then when he gets to heaven, they're like, oh, well, you know, you know, Charlie, you're kind of a bad dog. And it's just like, yeah, all dogs go to heaven, but they still, like, judge him. And, like, <laughs> real judgy about it. Yeah. And I'm just like, hey, Charlie seemed like a pretty good guy earlier. I, it, we don't see him doing, like, shitty stuff until later yeah. in the movie after he's already left heaven. And so it's yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, like, he didn't seem that bad of a... Although, I mean, I guess you could argue in a way. I mean, this is a very, you know, this is a more high-level reading of what happens, but... He's giving those stakes to dogs who are there to gamble, so he's basically enabling mm. their gambling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. I guess that, that's a he's fair like, point. He's like, here's some stuff, and I mean, he knows they're just gonna go gamble it, yep. gamble it away. But yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, they're like, we don't see much uh, loyalty or goodness yeah. here. No, they're just going through it, and they're just like, nope, terrible, terrible, <laughs> just awful things that you've done. But they're still like, yeah, but. No, still all dogs get in. So yep. there you go. So you're in. We're just gonna we're just gonna be real judgmental about it. <laughs> it's like, all right, man, oh man. Um, and then so then they get in, and Charlie figures out that Carface murdered him, like right away. And I mean, maybe it was all of the mounting signs that you shouldn't trust Carface. And yeah. he's like, oh, well, he actually did it. Yeah. You know, or Maybe he's a smarter dog than I gave him credit for, but I was just like, oh, wow, you figured that out, like, right away. Well, and also, it's like, if you, like, really figure that out that fast, maybe you shouldn't gone out drinking with this guy and yeah. a bunch of his cronies. It's like, yeah. come on, Charlie, what the hell? At least bring Itchy with you to yeah, watch right? your back, man. I mean, <laughs> come on. Oh, jeez. And then send me another song. About how great heaven is. And this yeah. time, there's an actual singer that's doing yes. it with Burt Reynolds. <laughs> and it's, like, very drastically different, the level of singing quality yeah. that's happening. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, and then, very quickly, Charlie is like, uh, you know everything that's going to happen, and there's no risks, and, oh, this is boring. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, Charlie's big complaint about heaven is that there aren't any surprises. And I was just like, just... Give it like a day. Right? I mean, you, you just got to heaven. Like, why don't you try it out? How about the fact that you don't have to scam people in order to make money and you can actually, like, have whatever you want? And there's, like, endless pastures and steaks every day. Yeah. This, all this great stuff. And he's just like, oh, what? I can't gamble? Fuck this. Just like, Are you serious, dude? It's heaven. It's heaven. Yeah. Yeah, that was so weird. So bizarre. And then for some stupid reason because he's got this watch that yep. Carface gives him right Carface gives like a, like a token of watch. appreciation yeah yeah and for some reason the watch stopped but that's tied to Charlie's life and that's you know he's dead now 
yeah, she says it's like this is the clock of your life or yeah. whatever, and and your you know your time is stu- your time is up, your time yeah. is stopped. And well, he's like, well, what if we just rewind it and start it again? And she's like, you can't do that. Why? She just you can't. Well, he if does you, it then. Yeah, if you do that and go back to life, you go to hell no matter what. Yeah, you can never come back. You can never come back to heaven no matter how good you are. You know, and I'm like, this cosmology is fucked up. You can be a terrible dog as much as you want to in real life and murder people and get to heaven. Get to heaven. But if it's like, oh, if you dare go back down to earth, then you're going to hell. Yeah. She's like, that's bullshit. Complete bullshit. I mean, yeah, you think about it. This is not This is not cool, guys. <laughs> not cool. I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, you know, if heaven, you know, myself, I'm pretty agnostic slash atheist, but it's one of those things where I'm like, if heaven works like this for humans, oh man, I don't, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I especially hope that it's not like one set of rules for humans, and then there's this other shitty set of rules for dogs, because dogs in general in real life are way better than most people. Yeah, most dogs are better than most people. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like the dogs kind of get the short end of the stick here. Yeah. I mean, really, because it's just like, I, I mean, you know, because then you're up there with all these like evil dogs. Well, unless they try to go back down to Earth, but it's like, well, why would you do that if it's like, that's the way that you go to hell? I don't know, but Charlie bucks that, and he's just like, doesn't matter, I'm going back, getting revenge. And he's, he winds his clock up, and he gets down to Earth, and he runs into a cat, and the cat just starts screeching like a cat and, like, runs away. Yeah. And so, again, I'm like, is it just dogs that can talk in this movie? And, again, later we see this is not the case, but it's like, cats, we don't, we never see cats talking to anybody, you know? Um the rats can only be understood by one little girl. I think it's one of those things where they just assume that in a scene between animals of the same species species with each other, they're just barking at each other that you can. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That we hear them talk because we get that with the horses during the race, because in the barn, the horse is just Winnie, but then when they're in the race, they actually talk to each other. Yeah. We hear them have, words I mean, that's a good point yeah it's more of just a shorthand uh translation kind of like in um that harrison ford movie where they're uh russian they're on a russian submarine and they're just talking oh. to each other in just like british accents oh and it's just like no they're speaking russian k-19 was oh that well the there's harrison also ford i mean they also do that in um hunt for october yes they do that in hunt for october yeah but instead in that one it's a scottish russian yeah, yeah. oh that's the weirdest one when you're like uh, I don't think Russians sound like that. Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean Connery does not do any other accent but his own accent. <laughs> it's a, like a it's a writer in his contract. Yeah, so he gets back to Earth, goes to find Itchy, you know, yep. right away, and Itchy who lives in a junkyard. And Itchy is a very good friend in this. You actually see, like Itchy actually was really upset about Charlie dying, and he's having this like horrible nightmare where Carface is like strangling him, and it's just like. <laughs> You know, Itchy, just calm down, man. Don't worry about it. For one thing, Carface is only going to kill you with an elaborate death trap because that's how he kills everybody. We see two of them in this movie. Right. Um, But he wakes up and it's actually Charlie that's shaking him up. And Itchy, like, flips the fuck out because he's like, (laughs) I saw you die. You're a ghost. You're a ghost. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, no, I'm not a ghost, but I'm just a reanimated corpse or whatever. (laughs) Like, he doesn't say that. But he says, he's like, no, I'm back, I'm back, I'm alive, you know, I'm gonna, we're gonna go and get Carface, we're gonna, like, we're gonna really, like, screw him over this time. 
And Itchy's like, no, let's just get the fuck out of here. Because yeah. Itchy has a brain and is smart. Right. And he's like, no, let's just go and enjoy our lives. You've got a second chance. Yep. Why? We just need to leave. I love the, how the one thing is that Itchy talks about going to the Himalayas. Yep. Which I'm like, what? He wants to go to a, a town called Tibet because it's called Tibet. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Writers! Oh, this movie is... The script is so bad in this movie. And I know a lot... A lot of the Dom DeLuise, Burt Reynolds scenes, they apparently, like, improv a lot of it. Yeah. They just kind of riffed with each other for a while. So, like... Oh, that one's so bad, better. though. I'm that, sure that that's in the original That's gotta script. be written. I mean, I if not, Dom DeLuise... Yeah, so aside from Itchy not knowing dick about the Himalayas, like, he's actually a really nice friend. He's just like, let's get out of here, let's yeah. go. And Charlie's not having any of it. Not a good friend. He's just like, yeah, well, Itchy, you're gonna... You're going to uh, risk your own life so that we can go on a revenge kick for me. And just drags Itchy along with him. And so they sneak into the casino yeah. and you find out uh, what, what everybody thinks is a monster in the basement. Yeah, we hear about that earlier. Yeah. Like, I think Carface sends one of his lackeys, Killer, yeah, to, to go, deal go with the feed monster. the monster. Yep. And everybody's like, he's got some sort of monster in the basement. Yep. And so they get down there and it's just a little girl yeah. in like a giant coat. Yeah. It's like a big sh coat that's kind of ragged, yeah. and there's like a hood. But then eventually you see it's this uh, it's this little orphan, Anne Marie, yep. and her thing is is that she can talk to animals. Yep. And especially once you see her, and I notice this like right away. I'm like, how did Disney not sue the fuck out of these people? <laughs> because she is Snow White. She's yep. got the same haircut. Um, her outfit is just color swapped slightly. Like she has a red bow and yellow skirt, I think, mm -hmm. instead of flipped. Yep. Because I think I'm pretty sure Snow White's has a yellow bow and her skirt is red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the blue top. Yep. And she's got like the same haircut, black hair, and it's just like, and she can talk to animals. And she's an orphan also. She's an orphan, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, um, guys... I mean, I think Disney already, maybe maybe it was a symptom of Disney being kind of like, oh, you know, we're already sticking it to these guys enough because this movie was released on the same fucking day as Little Mermaid. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it stood no chance. Disney was like, well, maybe we won't kick them while they're down this time. Well, I'll just give you guys a break. But yeah, so basically they have like a, a little girl version of Snow White that these dogs are keeping prisoner in a casino. Well, it's an old ship that they've made into a casino. So we find out that Carface is using her ability to talk to animals to find out which rat is going to win the yep. race. Which I'm... I, I don't understand quite how that works. Well, she asks him... She talks to the one rat, and she's like, oh, the one rat is sick, mm. and the other's got a la lame leg, so... Like, right. He's like, he's he's got pain in his arm, so, or his front leg, and... You know, and that's how she knows, like, she, because they know which rat is healthy and which rats aren't feeling well. Right. So then he can just be like, all right, that one's going to win. So she tells Carface who's going to win the races so they can, they can skew the, they can skew the betting odds and stuff. So Carface leaves and that's when Charlie and Itchy sneak in and they rescue her. Yes. From Carface. <laughs> rescue slash kidnap. Although, can you kidnap an orphan? I don't know. Yeah, right? <laughs> We'll have to ask Batman about it, yeah. because he kidnaps a lot of orphans. Yes, he does. He's like, ah, oh, you're an orphan, huh? Are you relatively physically fit? Here, put on these hot pants, and let's go fight 
criminals with guns. Right. I Batman is very has a very loose morale, especially sixties <laughs> TV Batman. Oh yeah, especially. Oh geez, oh Pete's. <laughs> so they get out and they they they're they're like, okay, we've got the girl. But we need to hide her from Carface. So they go to the junkyard. Yeah, because Itchy's all freaking out at first, but yeah. Charlie's like, he thinks I'm no. They go to the junkyard, but it's actually. Charlie's house, which is an old cab. Right. It's that, uh that's yeah. like where Charlie lives. That's his like his mansion, basically. Yeah. He sleeps in the back of it yeah. with a on just like a gigantic stack of pillows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and so he's got her in the front seat and they're reading her a bedtime story. Yeah. Which it's so it's just it's war and peace and he's just re he's just holding it upside down. Yeah. And he's just making up the story about of Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, which was great. He's just like, hey, robs from the rich and gives to the poor without taking his cut and like all that <laughs> stuff. That's like a mobster version of Robin Hood. Yeah. And it's it's very it's a very funny and a very cute scene. I actually really admired Charlie's commitment to the bit because at one point Itchy takes the book from him, and again Charlie's not reading the book right. because it's upside down. But he struggles to think of what's happening in the store, and he grabs the book back from him. And yeah. I was just like. God, that's great commitment to the bit. He doesn't want that little girl to know that he can't read. Right. Or, but, I mean, she's, I don't know, I guess she's an orphan, so maybe she hasn't been taught how to read yet. She probably also can't read. I mean, for all we know, we don't know how long she, Carface has had her chained up inside of a casino. Yeah. Um, a dog casino. A dog casino. So the dogs probably aren't teaching her how, how to read. How has this girl not died yet? Because I, the only food we see that they have raw is raw steaks. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. I think she would have died by now. Probably. I mean, I don't. I can't imagine that those dogs are very good at cooking anything. Yeah. <laughs> so they give her the. They do the bedtime story, and then she's like, "Oh, well, you have to tuck me in, and like, I can't sleep without that, or like, you know, give me a kiss or whatever." Yeah. I'm like. Did Carface do that when they had her kept her prisoner, or was she just like, "Oh, I'll sleep without getting tucked in"? She cries herself to sleep every night. I yeah. think with Carface, that's probably what was happening. I mean, I don't blame her yeah. because he is a criminal that yeah. is keeping her prisoner. Yeah, and eventually he gives up the back seat because she's like, "This front seat is not comfortable. I can't sleep." Yep. So they switch. Yep. And then she prays and she thanks God for giving her Charlie, her best friend, and just lays it on real thick. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. That's so sad. This little girl, for we I, we'll talk about it at some point. But the 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 voice actress had a very sad, very tragic. Yeah, life. We, so I think like, makes it even worse that the little girl in this movie also has a very sad, very tragic life, and that's yeah. part of the reason why her song about finding new parents is sung by somebody else. <sighs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we, I, we're gonna have to. Yeah, I mean that we're gonna have to say that worst. for the end. Um, but yes, yeah, so, oh, yeah. Very, I don't want to think about that right now. Very sad. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, now they're like, well, we got to figure out what we're gonna do, and now we got the little girl, so we're gonna go to the horse track. Yep, she can talk to animals, so we're gonna fi- so we can figure this out. And of course, she's not happy about this because she thinks that Charlie's just being like Carface, and he's like, oh no, no, we're gonna make this money and give it to the poor, like Robin Hood, like Robin Hood. And I was just like, ah. That's that's great. This is one of the only clever things that the script does is yeah. the whole like Robin Hood's twist. I'm like, okay, nice. That's that's and she's awesome. She's like, oh, okay, now I'm on board. So she talks to the horses, and we find out it's one of the horses' birthdays. The Grand Chahi. Chahi, yeah, and he is a Ugh. old, old, rundown, flea bitten, just goofy looking, yeah. fucking horse. Yep, and uh, 
obviously, I mean, you find out later what the odds are, but you look at the horse and you're like, oh yeah, nobody's going to bet on this horse to win. And they find this out from a horse that is wearing a substantial amount of eye makeup and, and rouge and lipstick. Yep. And it's it's obviously a female horse, but it's kind of like the dog who's wearing makeup when they, in the yeah. scene in the casino it, at the beginning. And it's just like, this is really disturbing, guys. It's stuff like this. This is what I was like. I was like, this reminds me so much of like Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. You know, where it's that like cartoony grossness. <laughs> and I'm just like... <laughs> You do not want to see a horse wearing makeup, but the the animators are just like, this is fucking great. And so now all they need is money, and so they take uh, Anne-Marie with them out front of the racetrack, and yep. where all the people are milling about. And first of all, it's like, there's all these people, and no one really stops to be like, oh, who's this unattended little girl? <laughs> Or this girl what are ranks. these two weird dogs just doing wandering out in front of this racetrack amongst the people? <laughs> One of the dogs is wearing like a belly shirt and a yeah. backwards hat. <laughs> the other dog is just a dog. Uh, so. itchy. That's like, from the beginning of the movie, I'm like, what? It looks like he's wearing a belly shirt and it's very distracting. <laughs> I'm just like, yep. this doesn't make any sense. Like the other dogs that we see wearing like remote, like things that look like clothing, it's like... Um, Carface has like a vest, like a waistcoat, basically. Yep. You know, he's got like a vest with like a there's like a pocket chain or whatever, you know, for a pocket watch. And you know, and then like some of them have glasses, like Killer has glasses and a spiked collar. You yeah. Know? But then you've got you've got Itchy in his belly shirt. Yeah, Itchy's wearing a belly shirt, and but also like Charlie's not wearing anything. Well, he has a lot the of the watch that's keeping him yeah. alive. Yeah. No, but I know, but he's he's the main character yeah. of the film. And it's like you've got all of these other animals that ha- that are wearing clothes and stuff, you know. And the main character, the one that's like supposed to be like the def- you know you have right. this def- definitive look for him, he's not wearing anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was really funny to me. Uh, but so they find these two very nice people yep. uh, that are actually concerned that there's a small child that are that that's right. just alone with a dog. Well, it's like yeah, and and Charlie and Itchy basically have this whole plan. They're like, all right, we're gonna rob somebody. <laughs> Yep. Like, well, well, Anne-Marie's off, like, looking at various couples and being like, oh, they could be my parents. They could be my parents, which is, like, sad. Mm-hmm. and Real sad. You know, it's like, at least she's, like, happy thinking about this, but it's really sad that she's got to do this. The two dogs are like, all right, so we're going to we're gonna steal from somebody. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, like, they, uh, they find a very sweet couple. Uh, and uh, Itchy pretends like he's hurt his leg, and so he's crying, and Aunt Marie runs over and is very concerned about him. And Charlie very slowly picks the guy's wallet out of his pocket. Yep. He takes forever to do it. Like, it's like, I was just like, come on, man. <laughs> what kind of criminal are you? Yeah. Not a very good one. Yeah, I mean, even, I guess... He obviously got caught once before doing something, got sent to the pound. Got locked up in the pound, takes forever to pickpocket this guy. And yes, I know, he's a dog, he doesn't have thumbs, I get that. That doesn't stop any of the dogs in this movie, though, because it's weird because they alternate between having the dogs using their mouths Mm -hmm. for things and using their paws for things. Yeah. And it's like, just free... Willy-nilly. I mean, the only thing I can say is in this scene, maybe it's because they're amongst humans that he does this. So it's like, oh, I don't want to do I things guess. not like a dog. So, yeah. So, I mean, they he steals the wallet. They get the money. Yep. Um, they So they go to place a bet and they do, <laughs> like, we. I think we both mentioned this in our notes. It's like, our, one of my favorite things is dogs in a long coat pretending to be human. Yeah. 
are any sort of animals that are in a long coat with like a hat. Yeah, there's like, a there's. I'll a, take two tickets to that movie, please. So this, you got a little girl that's standing on top of two dogs. Yep. that's pretending to be a very tall person in one trench coat. Yeah, uh, and she has like a mustache on. So yeah. I'm just like, okay. But she's also wearing like a red, almost bordering on like hot pink. Long coat. coat. Yeah, coat yeah. It's like a weird coat. It looks like a woman's coat. Yeah, it's like a woman's which coat. Which I would thought it was an interesting thing that they made her a man with a mustache. <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, just have her use her normal face because she's a girl. Right. With this red woman's coat. But oh no, put a mustache on her. But I mean, they're dogs. They don't know. No, they're, yeah, they're dogs. They, they're colorblind. They yeah. probably thought that it was, yeah. they probably didn't think it was pink. Right. Um, yeah, but it's, it reminded me so much of the Doritos commercial where the dogs stack on top of each other to buy Doritos dressed as a person. And I'm just like, and just, it never gets old. Yeah. I love the idea of like three small things stacked on top of each other in a trench coat and yeah. pretending to be a human. I, it oh, yeah. cracks no, it me is, every it's time. No, a, it's a classic. It's a classic and I also love it. Such a good, such yeah. a good bit. And it works. Yep, they place a bet. The Grand yeah. Trahi has 1,000 to 1 odds. And they put... A large stack of bills yeah. as a bet. And I'm like, even if these were all singles, they just made like several ten thousand yeah. dollars. Like even if it was like fifteen singles, they made fifteen thousand dollars. Yes. In nineteen thirty-nine, that is a shitload of money. They didn't need to do any of the other stuff that they do. I know. Because they go from there, they go to a turtle racing thing, they go to kangaroo boxing. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do any of that. He, went, he had 1,000 to 1 odds. Yep. So yeah, as you couldn't tell, the tra- Grand Chaw, he wins because, because the other horses birthday. let him win. The horses are actually very nice. Yes. I mean, I'm sure they don't give a fuck about <laughs> the race or whatever, but they're very nice about it. And so they're like, yeah, it's a surprise for the Grand Chaw, so don't tell him that he's going to win and yep. they let him win on his birthday. That's a very nice gesture. I'm yes. just like, damn, these horses are real nice. Horses, actually, in the movie, are the nicest. I mean, aside from the little girl and the two yuppies or that they rob, like she, they're, <laughs> the horses are the nicest people in the entire film. Yep. So, yeah, so they make all this money from betting, and they build a new casino. Yeah, Itchy's, Itchy's Place, yeah, or, Itchy's or whatever place. they call it. Yeah, because they don't want... Because they call it Charlie's Place, do they? I don't know. They can't call it Charlie's Place. Yeah, everybody, everybody thinks, thinks he's, he's dead. dead. Right, that's why I'm saying. I mean, I'm pretty sure... This... I don't remember, but the the it, it would be the dumbest thing in the... Well, it wouldn't be that dumb. This movie's real <laughs> fucking dumb. Um, it, it would be so dumb of them to name it Charlie's Place. Unless Itchy just wants to pretend like he named it after his dead friend, which is possible. It's incredible because they build it, though. They it, they didn't even just, like, buy nope. a new, new land or a house or whatever. They pile all these cars on top of each other and then they weld them together and they cut out pieces and stuff. They make a casino out of all these old cars. Well, Itchy, I mean, Itchy is obviously very good. Very industrious. At like technical things. Sure. Like he digs, he does the tunnel to get Charlie out. He lives in this junkyard where he obviously knows how to work the crane and weld things. So he's a very industrious Technically oriented dog. Yeah, but at the same time, though, this would have taken him months to do because he's doing it by himself. Yeah. Um, so this would have taken a very long time. So it's completely understandable that Anne Marie is very pissed because they're <laughs> buying her like nice dresses and all this like fancy stuff, but she wants parents and she wanted them to give the money to the poor, and so she's all so she's pissed off about it again. Yeah. Well, there's also a scene like, but they also this is another scene where it's a lot of dogs in the casino doing stuff 
drinking beer yeah. again. And I'm like, yeah, this for a kid's movie, there are so many scenes of drinking, intoxication, gambling. There's so much. All that stuff. And it's like, especially for the, I mean, even in the late 80s, you know, for a kid's movie, I mean, it's just like, usually this stuff doesn't get past, like, the producers, you know, yeah. like the executives are going to be like, uh, that's, we can't do that in a kid's movie, but somehow this all makes it through. I mean, really, the only thing that you, they don't, sh- they don't show is like dogs, like shooting up with intravenous drugs, like <laughs> or they're humping doing, each other or humping each other. But like <laughs> every other vice is covered in this yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. You got smoking, drinking, yep. All gambling. gambling. I mean, so much gambling. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I'll bet you there's a lot of kids that learned a hell of a lot about gambling from watching this movie, where they're like, oh, that's what odds are. Hmm. I want to go bet on races. You can win a lot of money. I want to go bet on horses, just like Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is all happening, and while this is going on, Carface figures out that Charlie is alive, and he's the one that kidnapped the girl. Yeah. I gotta say... It, it, the very we got out to a real rough start in the beginning when uh, Charlie couldn't literally see the writing on the walls around yeah. him, but man, the deductive reasoning on the dogs in this movie is on point because he <laughs> figures out he's like, yeah, that guy must not be dead and he must be the one that's behind all of this. And I'm just like, yeah, you're absolutely right. But at the same time, it's like this seems super weird and paranoid for this to be your first <laughs> thought. Yep. Well, and this is another weird scene where it just shows more of Carface's. Uh, love and proclivities for weird contraptions to yeah. kill people because he's got this winch basically that he has suspended killer from <laughs> because he realized killers was like supposed to be on guard when the girl was there yep, and he was supposed to be kidnapped. in charge of making sure charlie died yep. and so he's lowering so him two strikes and you're out yeah lowering him into basically a tank of piranha yeah and just buy a gun, Carface. <laughs> I'm begging you. A well, knife. Well. <laughs> okay, well, that happens. This is where they're, like, talking about how he's going to kill. He's like, oh, I got to kill Charlie now again. I got to kill Charlie and again. And killer's being lowered and almost eaten by piranhas. He's like, I've got a gun. <laughs> I've got a gun. I got a ray gun. A Flash Gordon something atomic ray gun is what he calls yeah. it. Spoiler yeah. alert, it's a fucking Tommy gun yeah. that they just draw lasers coming out of because this is supposed to be a G-rated kids movie. And yeah, so no no real bullets. So they can't like like bullets. like the G.I. Joe in the eighties where it's like always lasers and no one dies. Yeah, and no one ever gets shot. Yeah. Our elite American task Vehicles force. and, like, buildings get shot. Yeah. But no actual Cobra soldiers or G.I. Joe soldiers get shot. We get this this elite fucking task forces out there, and they've got worse aim than the stormtroopers. Like, stormtroopers actually shoot people from time yeah. to time. They I do. mean, infrequently, but <laughs> just saying. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got a gun, and so Carface is like, all right, all right, you get one more chance because you've got a gun. Yeah, and then we're going to use that gun to kill him rather than building some sort of elaborate, easily escapable contraption, Mm -hmm. which is Carface's bread and butter. Yeah. And so, but Charlie is acquiesced to Anne Marie's Marie's request to um, help poor people. To actually go and help and and, and give to the poor. Uh, It turns out, though, it's poor dogs, is what he had in mind. They take a bunch of pizza and cake to this. Dog a, orphanage? A dog orphanage, I guess, because there's like a female dog 
who runs it. And, well, uh, the dog is voiced by uh, Lonnie Anderson. That's right, she who, was. Who, at this time, was Burt Reynolds' wife. Yep. And um, she's, like, a very pretty, rough collie. Yep. You know, she, it's like, for being a homeless dog who runs an orphanage, she's like, looks in really good shape. You know, she's not too mangy. She looks great. And I mean, like, it's not that the puppies don't also look fine. They, it doesn't look like they're Besides malnourished their or whatever. coloration. Yeah. Because there's like a blue puppy, a pink puppy, a green puppy, and One a yellow like, puppy. Yeah. And I'm like, these puppies have some serious health problems. They need to go to a veterinarian right now. They are. This is not the color that dogs are supposed to this be. This yellow one is obviously jaundiced. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, because he's drinking all the time. Yeah, exactly. Because that's all dogs do in this movie. Yeah. Um, oh, and also, they, they feed these puppies a ton of pizza and cake. These puppies are going to have the worst shits, guys. Oh, it's going to be so diarrhea bad. everywhere. Yeah. As anybody who's ever owned a dog, <laughs> if your dog eats something that's not in his regular diet, it usually doesn't agree with him that well. Especially, especially he's used to one thing in his diet. Yeah, especially these dogs haven't eaten in a while, I, yeah. I assume, because right. they talk about how hungry they are and stuff. And so I'm, I can only assume that they talk about that because it's like, <laughs> oh, it's been a while since they've had but it's just like, okay, great. Here's a shit ton of pizza and some cake. Yeah. It's like, uh, no, don't do yeah. that. It's got a lot of sugars and fats, and that's just really not good for dogs. They're they're there, and you know, Charlie's getting like a mu- there's, an, there's another musical number. Yeah, of course, because there's so much. There's I, guys, we cannot undersell how much singing there is in this movie, and all of the songs are terrible. Oh. I mean, there's not some a of them, memorable song in no, this movie. I don't think I could tell you any of the words in the song. I watched it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's I watched like, it this morning because <laughs> I, like, I had a show last night. You're like, so it's like, nope. nope I, I'm like, I, I watched it like three hours ago. I don't remember any of these songs. There, and it's like some of it is because they're badly written. Some of the songs are just like, I'm, I was listening to it and I was just like, the fuck is this? Like, why? honestly, like, why? Why is there a song here? Why did you not take more than like five minutes to write a song? The Alligator song, one of the best singers they've got in the in the movie yeah. with Ken Page, just has like a, a song that just is gibberish. But so I'm like, this doesn't make any damn sense. But the little girl, uh, Anne-Marie, finds the wallet that they stole, yes. I assume, several weeks ago, months ago, because they've been running around gambling and doing all this stuff for a while. So she finds the guy's wallet, and she's very upset at Charlie because he stole it. Mm-hmm. And so she is going to go and find these people and return the wallet to yep. him. Uh, but before she does that, she announces to the puppies, to the people, that she's going to this very specific address mm-hmm. so that Charlie can very easily find her. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess maybe she was expecting them to come find her? I, I, I don't know. It just, it just seems strange. Yeah. And uh, this is when Charlie has... The most terrifying... Oh, yeah, the dream. The dream. His dream of going to hell. So he dreams and he loses his watch, and then he he winds up going to hell because the watch Does it Carface takes it from him or something in the dream? I'll be honest, I don't remember. Yeah, it's... Oh, God. I I want to forget. (laughs) The longer this movie went on, the more and more I started to, like, tune out, and I was like, no, I have to keep... I have to to take take notes! So I took, like, a shit ton of notes just because I was starting to, like, zone out uh, because of this movie. But so he winds up in hell, and this is literally one of the only things I remember about this movie when I watched it 20 years ago. Because it's so fucking terrifying. It is. It is like, well, I mean, I will say... Don Bluth has 
a knack. I mean, I don't remember as much because I remember seeing American Tale when I was a kid and I have not seen it since. But I actually really like Secret of Nim, mm-hmm. and I I've watched too. that movie several times. It's I enjoy a very, it. It's a good film. And yeah, it's good. And that's another one which is horrifying. There are some terrifying points in that, like the the owl. Yes, is oh scary. My as God, fuck. She's a. And when you're a little kid, I because I think Don Bluth, there's a little bit of. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna put these sequences in my movies that are gonna. Scare the shit out of little kids and yeah. give them nightmares. I, you know, Don Bloom seems like a very nice guy. I'm not saying that, uh, I'm not saying anything about him, but I honestly do wonder if he's just like, man, fucking kids. I'm just going to freak <laughs> the shit out of them because he goes out of his way to do it. In this, there is a gigantic boat, you know, like the, like what Carrion uses to cross yeah. the river sticks, but it is this gigantic monstrosity made with all these bones and skulls and mm-hmm. stuff. The ferryman is this, like, gigantic, like, demon-looking thing. I was just like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Oh, no, I, this, this scene started, and I expected death metal to start playing, because this looks like, like a Metalocalypse video, or the cover of an album for some (laughs) death metal band, like Swedish doom metal, and I was just like, what the fuck is happening? This is a kid's movie. And there's all these little, like, shadow demons that start chewing and tearing at yep. Charlie before he wakes up. Yeah. And, the oh. fucking fire demons. Yeah, this scene creeped me like, out. Like, and he's on the kid. boat, and the boat starts sinking into the lake of fire. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and he's, like, trying to stay above. And it's like, man, this is this is some heavy imagery for kids. I mean, this is very heavy, like, programming for kids, yeah. too. Is like... Don't do bad shit. You're going to go to hell. This is what hell looks like. (laughs) All we know is that Charlie is destined to go to hell because he came back to earth. He came back to life. So it's like, imagine if you're a little kid, right? You see this movie and you get in some sort of accident or whatever and the doctors bring you back to life or whatever. They (laughs) shock you back to life. You're going to be like, fuck, now I'm going to hell because that was my chance. (laughs) I didn't want to go back. Yeah, so the hell scene just fucking freaked me as a kid. And watching it as an adult, I'm just like, yep. Now, I understand completely why this was scary. <laughs> There's something about kids' movies in the 80s that they were just, they came up with, like, the weirdest stuff. They were just like, we oh, got to yeah. make this, like, real weird. We got to make this real creepy. And it wasn't until, like, the Disney stuff with, like, Little Mermaid and everything that it started shifting more towards things that you should actually be showing children. Yeah. Well, and even those movies have some moments that are a little spooky sure. and maybe a little scary. Because, I mean, I could see a little kid... Poor like Unfortunate in, Souls and Little Mermaid. Yeah. You know, I could see that being... Or even in, like, Aladdin, like, the part... I could see a little kid being a little scared of the Cave of Wonders. Oh, yeah. You know, in Aladdin? Cave because it's got that deep voice <sighs> and it's so menacing looking. It's so dope, though. Yeah, no, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, you know, but I could see, a, like, especially a little kid, like, if you took a kid who's, like, five or six, that could be kind of scary. I understand but not that. the mind-melting, terrifying nature of this hell scene that we get in this movie. And that's, and see, that's the difference, is that I'm like, I'm like, yeah, if you're a little kid and you see the Cave of Wonders, maybe you're scared. But if that kid grows up and watches Aladdin again, they'll be like, oh, Cave of Wonders is dope, though. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, maybe I was a little worried about it. It's like, but it's like, no, this is awesome. I watched this hell scene as a kid and it scared me. I watched this as an adult and I was like, this is fucking terrifying. No, it's like, 
This was like the worst bad trip that you could go on. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> what the hell? Like these images, if I saw these images in a dream or nightmare. Oh, Jesus, yeah. This would be legitimately terrifying as an adult. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, so, so anyway, Charlie wakes up, up, he goes and he's like, he, he learns where the address that Anne Marie is at and he goes there and he finds Anne Marie is just eating waffles yep. from this strange couple. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, as soon as she found the wallet, I was just like, "These are gonna be, this is going to be the people that she, the yeah, adopter. Of course. I mean, like, it's obvious, and that's fine, because it's a kid's movie, so it's like, it's, that's not a problem. Yeah, so then, uh, so Carface, though, and Killer have sort of followed well, Charlie. Well, yeah, because Charlie, like, Charlie he, goes to find he plays, her. He plays kind of, like, sick. He's, like, coughing. He's like, oh, I guess I'll just go off. That's okay. They won't want a mangy mutt like me. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and, and Anne-Marie... He, convinces Anne Marie to go with him again. Yep. Like he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, we really will help poor people, you know. Yeah, yeah. And but then, so he gets her to come with him again. But then was Carface following them or did they just get lucky that they happened to be walking through where they were set up? This movie is very poorly written. I don't even know if it doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> Guys, it doesn't matter. The point is that uh Charlie and Anne Marie and Itch well, they're, they're like out on the street. There. Yeah they're, they're like in like the French market in yeah. in New Orleans and uh Carface and Killer, which is Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah. I don't know if we've talked about that yet. Yeah. They have a Tommy gun set up on like a tripod on the back of a larger dog. <laughs> I think that they're like they're like dogs on dogs. We're gonna machine gun Charlie to death, and I guess also the little girl that they right? probably need for stuff. Yeah. I mean, unless they're like, oh, we're done with this plan, we're just gonna kill everybody. No, because Carface very specifically wants her back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he very specifically wants her back. I guess I gotta be honest. Uh, shooting a machine gun off directly at her not a great way to no, get her back right? safe and sound. Exactly. So yeah, I mean we've got. Dogs on top of another dog with a tripod or whatever, with and a, a machine gun, gun, and you're sh- and again it shoots lasers because kids movie. It shoots lasers because of kids movie, and again they're shooting at the little girl that they want to say that they want to ca- ca- recapture and bring back with them. So this plan is automatically really terrible, yeah. uh, and it's just further proof that you should never give dogs guns. I guess. Yeah. So maybe I was wrong. Maybe the elaborate contraptions is because you know Carface has used guns before. He's just like, no, it never works. <laughs> Got to do the contraption. Let's yeah. get some piranhas. Let's get some twine. Let's get a let's get a Rube Goldberg machine going. Yeah. Then we can make stuff happen. Right. They escape and they 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 are they're hiding from them and the 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 floor collapses and they fall down into like a sewers the subterranean kind of like dwelling area and then this scene didn't make any fucking sense right. um which is saying a lot because a lot of this movie doesn't make sense but they get brought they get what are they rats right that are speaking like a strange language so Anne marine mm-hmm. can't talk to them and they put them in cages and they bring them down and they leave them out as like an offering i guess yeah to a very large very racist drawing of an alligator. I know. And it's one of those things where... Because I was looking at the wiki description, and it says the character's name is King Gator. Of course it is. He's played by... Or he's voiced by Ken Page. Voiced by Ken Page, who, who is... Was, Oogie Boogie right. from Nightmare Before Christmas. And also just a terrific actor singer. Actor and singer, yeah. And I mean, and if you know what Ken Page looks like in real life, he's a large black man. Yep. And um, King Gator is a very large alligator, alligator that has all this voodoo stuff on, on him. him. And he's his facial features 
I don't know. When I saw it, Very and racist. I heard Ken Page's voice, I'm like, is that a blackface alligator? Because, wow, guys, really? <laughs> it, it's fucking racist. Is I, yeah, is. I, that's what I, I for sure thought. And um, but then I no, guess... But on his wiki page, it says that, or on the wiki, it describes his character as a an American alligator and a voodoo witch doctor, which... Never, that never comes up. Never comes into play. It, nope. I mean, apparently, and this is something you know we can talk about a little bit right now, is there is a cut of this movie, like the uncut version that Don Bluth has. Yes, it's never been shown anywhere, and it's where the real fucked up stuff <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, because uh, because apparently they had to make massive edits. Yes, they had to, to make a bunch of cuts. They had to take out a bunch G-rating. of lines from the middle of songs. So mm-hmm. there's even a scene where um, Burt Reynolds is singing something. I don't give a damn or whatever, and they cut the damn line. But you can still see Charlie mouthing the word damn because they didn't go through and like edit it out. I'm like, but anyway, uh, okay. yeah, that made me wonder is the whole voodoo witch doctor thing is that if this gator was does have a larger part mm-hmm. in the pre edited version, and Which because he's a believable. voodoo guy, he can tell Charlie something about the watch or why he's alive still after going to heaven yeah what he needs to do to not go to hell you know but as it is it's just this giant gator that they're being fed to who chomps and basically eats charlie but charlie howls and because he howls so beautifully and has a great singing voice Fuck you trying to tell us Burt Reynolds has a great singing voice movie. Oh, God. As soon as he said that, I just rolled my eyes. It's like, come on. <laughs> he spits him out. And starts just singing to and him. And then does this whole, like, Zigfield Follies with, like, fountains and yeah. white alabaster swimming pool type room and musical this... number while he sings a song that just... Makes no, no sense. fucking sense. It's such a weird song. This is uh, this entire time I was just like, "What is happening in this movie?" I I just I I comp- I just don't understand at all what the thought process was. It's like this. all the song is just basically all about him wanting to sing with Charlie, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, you 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 don't want to you sing don't want to sing with Charlie. He's also horrible. So that's what the song is like. I want to sing with you and all this other stuff. Charlie doesn't sing with him in the fucking song. Like it's a, it's a solo song. Nobody else sings with this alligator. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's the point of this? They, uh, so they had there's this whole stupid alligator musical number, and then he just basically lets them go. Yeah. So they go back to find out that uh so they well they they the the little girl is sick because she fell in the water and stuff so charlie's going Mm -hmm. to take her to get taken care of Mm -hmm. while this is happening itchy is at itchy's place and he's hanging out behind the bar getting drinking because that's what happens in this children's movie dogs drink yeah dogs drink and then children are gonna learn so many bad things about dogs it's like Oh. It's like people are like, it's like well, do you want a dog? No, because he's just going to drink all and gamble all the time. Yeah, right? Uh, what? Uh, but Carvey shows up to to threaten him and they and uh and Itchy gets like fucking like roughed up. 
Like, he's limping yep. the rest of the film because of what happens to him. And they burn Itchy's place down. Uh, and so Itchy shows up, and he's all banged up. He shows up to the where they're the taking old, care of. The old church. The old church, the where, old church the where they're dog taking, orphanages. Yep, and they're taking care of Anne-Marie, and, uh, and Itchy shows up. And he and Charlie get in this, like, you know, he's like, this is all your fault because you fell for the girl and all this other stuff. And again... But this is this is the third time, or third. This is the third or fourth time it happens in the movie. But there, he's like, "No, I don't care about this girl. You really think I care about her?" Like, blah blah blah. And of course, she's standing right there listening to them. I'm like, "Come on!" But they're he's yelling all this stuff about how he doesn't care about her and he's just using her and stuff. Anne Marie hears this and she runs out crying and she gets abducted like immediately. She basically runs right into like a giant sack that Carface is holding. And I was just like, I think they just ran out of time. And so, like, everything has to happen all at the same time. She has to find out that Charlie's a dick. She has to get captured by Carface. And then they have to know that Carface took her. And so they're like, just combine everything into one scene. And so Charlie goes off to try to find her. Mm -hmm. Well, but he tells Itchy to go... Or no, it's the the other dog. The female dog at the orphanage is like, Itchy, here, go to... This The house, the address, where the people were taking care of her... And take her, because she had a doll that's left behind when Carface abducts her. And yeah. they're like, take this, you take know. Take this doll, the people will know what's going on. Yeah. I'm like, they're not going to know who that's her doll for like this little girl they spent five minutes with. Right. <laughs> like, and then, so he just starts asking all the dogs. Where's this address? Where's the address? Because dogs don't know what addresses are. Except yeah. for Charlie, I guess. Unless he yeah. did the same thing. Well, and then, so they all start asking and they're barking and all So it's like all the dogs in the city are barking. They start to howl. Yeah. And uh, they, it ends up with the, them getting to the people. He Yep. Itchy getting to the people's house, and there's like just basically like fifty dogs outside their so front door, so many dogs, just barking and barking and barking. <laughs> and I'm like, I would be terrified. I'm like not gonna. I'm not gonna go out there. Yep. <laughs> it's almost just like comical, like yeah. about what, like about how many dogs are outside, and the people are just like, oh, what's going on? And they're just like, no, call the fucking pound. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So um, while. Itchy's doing that. Charlie follows and finds her, and they're in this like empty, abandoned ship. Yeah, is where um, Carface says is the newest death contraption yeah. set up. Yeah, uh, and so we Charlie gets in there and he gets captured. Well, it's like it's like this sinking cage basically that's gonna drown her. Yeah, or, or she's in it, and Charlie jumps into it. To, to help her, to rescue her, yeah, to rescue her. Well, she's first he fights out. with he fights some of the face. Yeah, the car. He fights with the goons. Yeah. Again, I gotta be honest. Uh, this is the, I, I was struggling yeah. really hard to pay attention. <laughs> I think we both were. This <laughs> like, I, when just make it end, make it stop. He fights off the goons. He fights with Carface for a while, and it looks like there's there's no hope left. And then the alligator bursts through. Yeah. No, because again, Charlie howls oh, or right. screams or something that's right and, and the gator hears him and like, hears him my singing buddy is in trouble <laughs> so the alligator is the one that grabs Carface and takes him away right yeah well, i mean he busts through the ship basically and causes it to start to fill with water more right. yeah and there's like a thing of oil that gets knocked over onto a generator which sparks and then everything goes up in flames that's right so the, like, little... the water's on fire because yeah. there's oil on top of it so Anne marie is in the water 
That's on uh, fire. From the, yeah, so he's, he was able to save her from the sinking cage, but she's still in the water, and now the water is on fire. Yeah. And it's just like, Jesus, there's so much danger. I know. Well, and then, and yeah, and then the gator goes after Carface because he's like, ooh, this looks like a tasty snack. Yeah. And, um,. We never see him actually eat him. The no. last thing we see is Carface swimming away with the gator rapidly closing up behind him. No, but we do know for sure that yeah. Carface fucking, oh, yeah, yeah. fucking dies because of Oh, yeah. This. No, he gets eaten by that gator. For sure. <laughs> well, also, I mean, it's very heavily implied because it's not like he's definitely not swimming faster than the gator. And so he's not going to get away. Um, so there's so much danger for the girl. Uh, Charlie gets in and he's able to rescue her from the flaming water well and she's like he gets her like onto a board that's yep. still floating and, and then he loses his watch he loses his watch that's been around his neck this whole time and it sinks and starts to go underwater and he goes after it but she slips off and yep. also starts to go underwater and drown and he's trying to like save both for a little while and then finally he has to make a choice and he chooses to save the save girl the girl and he gets her back on the board and, like, basically pushes it out a hole in the hull of the ship. Yep. So she f- floats out to safety. And then, yeah, the watch sinks to the floor. Water fills up the inner workings of the watch, and it stops, and Charlie dies. And Charlie dies again. Again. Stog dies twice in this movie. The girl, she floats out. She floats up to the edge of the shore. She floats up to the edge of the shore, but it's not alone because Killer. Oh, that's is right. Killer pushes her, her towards to the, shore. the shore where the people are waiting. Why the fuck does Killer save her? I feel like this is another. There's got to be something else that was left on the cutting room floor where Killer has a change of heart and becomes a good guy. I guess so, but it's he gotta be. shot There's a no machine other reason. gun. I, I, I just no think they were reason. just like, well, oh, well, like, they're like, well, it's too surreptitious if she floats out there. It's <laughs> like, so somebody's got to push her. And so I'm just like, no. Oh, my God. I, I saw that. I was just like, this Otherwise, is so. I think you're right. I think you're right, edit, but it's so dumb. The writing is even worse than I thought it was. Uh, the writing is pretty fucking bad. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, I already thought it was bad, but if this is not because of an edit, this is yep. even worse. So she floats up, and there's like an ambulance, yep. and the two people and the, the couple are, are there. there and all these dogs and all these dogs and i'm like <laughs> if i'm these paramedics and these people i'm like what are all these fucking dogs doing here i just love the idea of the ambulance driver just being like the fuck is going on here <laughs> and the next thing we see is however long later it's, you know it is um she's like sleeping in a bed in that house she's yep. got itchy sleeping on the bed next to her and this evil red cloud <laughs> Comes oh, up, my God, like, starts swirling yeah. around the house, yeah, and like the cloud Descends comes in into the room. the room, and then resolves itself finally into Charlie. Yes, and then, but over the city also, there's this weird like giant demon hellhound, hell demon, who's thing. like basically like, I think it's like that, like all right, you can go say goodbye to the girl, yep. but then you got to come to hell. <laughs> I think so. Again, we talked about the heavy edits. I think there was originally a scene where Charlie actually does go to hell and then he's able to convince them to let him go and say goodbye to the girl and that and so we missed that because they had to edit it because otherwise they're like this isn't a fucking kids movie if you've got a dog that's in hell yeah um and so instead they're just like okay fine we're leaving the we're leaving the hell demon in here (laughs) so he goes and he says he goes to say goodbye to her um and then this is where we find out that it's like oh no he's a good dog because he rescued her and sacrificed his life life for her And so the angel's like, oh, all right, you can come to heaven, you scamp. 
Yeah. Um, and so, but she wakes up and, and Charlie is able to like say goodbye. And it's like, oh, hey, you know, take care of Itchy for me and, and that kind of stuff. Mm. And so he gets back in the, back into heaven and he goes up and he gets his halo and stuff and everybody's yeah. happy. And we get another shitty song to close it out. Uh, and uh, and this is where we see Carface, who was dead. Yeah. Carface, Carface is, is has stolen a watch and is going back to Earth. He's, uh, the last thing we see is the angel like wrestling with him, yep. trying to get the watch back from him. And Charlie's just like, ah, he'll be back. Yeah. And like zeroes in on it. Here's the thing. Charlie is very nonchalant about that. And he's just like, ah, he'll be back. Oh, that scamp. Yeah. Carface killed you twice. <laughs> also... He was also, who, where do you think Carface is going when he goes back to Earth? Is he just going to, like, go and open a bakery? No, of course not. He's going to go after the little fucking girl and, and Itchy. Itchy and the people then wronged him and he's going to kill them. And, and fucking Burt Reynolds is just like, ah, he'll be back. Oh, that scamp. <laughs> he's going to just go kill my friends yeah. and then he'll be back around. I was just like, what the fuck is uh. this ending? Yeah, so... And we finally got to the end of it. Oh, God, thank God it's over. Oh, Jesus Christ. This movie was... Oh, man. I... And again... So, uh... I am going to apologize for picking this film. <laughs> because I... It is terrible. <laughs> so yeah. bad. So, so, guys, this one did not hold up. No. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> let's let's do what we always do, which is just like, does it hold up? No, it fucking doesn't hold up. Never watch this movie. I mean, maybe you should see it because it's so bad, but it's just like, oh my God. Is yeah, he? for all those people out there, <sighs> you know, I, I I consider we should consider putting the a disclaimer in the in the like in the bio the episode. Don't I mean, watch like, this movie first. unless you really want to. You don't need to watch this movie. Just oh, let us tell you how awful geez, it is. Jeez, oh, Pete's every step of the way. I was, yeah. and there was never anything that I was just like, oh well, this redeeming factor. I mean, I, the closest I can say is like Dom DeLuise is itchy, maybe, yeah. is the redeeming factor of the movie. But it's like, it's not worth watching I mean, it's, and the little girl is fine. The little girl does a good job. Burt Reynolds is yeah. fine. Burt Reynolds plays Burt Reynolds uh, in this movie, and that's great. So, but, yeah, I think maybe now, oh. because I think we should talk about this before the very end, because we yeah. don't want to leave it on a super depressing Yeah, let's, let's talk about, uh, oh. let's talk about this. So the voice of the, the voice of Anne-Marie was done, uh, by Judith Barsi, mm-hmm. who was also the voice of Ducky in Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think she did some other, she did some other, she did some other stuff. stuff. Um, but so she recorded this movie and then, uh. So this was her. This is the last thing that she did because she and her mother were murdered yeah. by her father mm. because her father, uh, you know, they were immigrants. And her father mm. didn't really work, and I think he was always, you know, the mother wasn't allowed to work. The father lost his job, but then, you know, Judith had started doing this Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, thing she was and, basically. I was reading something where she was, she was basically making, averaging like almost a hundred thousand dollars a week. Wow. Like, I mean, like, that's a lot of money. Right. And they were able to buy themselves a nice big home, but it, it still wasn't right. enough. And her, her dad, like, had a lot of problems, alcohol abuse and everything else. Yeah. And it's just, oh, my God, it's so, so fucking sad. Well, I mean, and there was uh, the stuff I read about, there, were, there was evidence of, like, both physical and emotional abuse. Yeah. Like, there was uh, something about he... Well, he was an alcoholic. Yep. And he threw like a pan at her face or something oh, once. I, I was just reading a bunch of these stories. 
Well, and, and like, as a result of the abuse, like, she was putting on weight. She started doing some strange things. Like, she was, she plucked out all her eyelashes. She pulled out her cat's whiskers. Oh, I mean, it's man. like, they could tell that something was going wrong. Yeah. And there was, there was a caseworker. It, it was taken to, like, Child Protective Services. Yeah. The mother was gonna start. She said she was gonna divorce. So the caseworker was like, "All right, we're gonna we'll let her. We're not take her out of the home yet because the mom's like, I'm gonna get a divorce. We're getting out of there." But she didn't end up following through on it. And that's probably what happened. And then I mean, so he shoots them both. Yeah. And then like the next two days, he just is like, their bodies are there in the house, and he's like just wandering around. Yeah. Uh, answering phone calls, and he Jesus. finally. Burns their bodies yep. and then shoots himself. And, shoots and it's himself. just so, so tragic. It's like really one of those nightmare child performer stories yeah. about. It, it's I, there, like, a, you know, abuse is something that happens in, um, you know, in, in, in with child performers. There's sometimes there's often a lot of examples, cases of abuse, you know. Uh, it takes a certain kind of person, I think, to push your kid into you know this kind of life mm-hmm. in Hollywood because it's it's not a it's not a normal it's not a normal life you know and so there's a certain almost selfishness I think involved in it sometimes. Yeah. There's often a lot of child performers that just do it because they like it and their parents yep. support them. Well, but, and I think the thing is though I, I do appreciate is I feel like since the '80s and more nowadays there's a lot m- I. It seems like there's more protection. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's a lot of like studios and stuff because the studios want to, don't want to be liable for anything. Right. They'll insist that like you know, all right, we'll do a contract, but the way this is set up, it's like a blind trust. Right. The parents can't actually access this money for things beyond schooling, clothing, yeah. food. But it's like it's basically it holds in a trust until they're like 18, 19, yeah. 20. Yeah. You know, it's like, so the parents, yes, can use the money for necessities and things like that that yeah. the family needs. Right. But it's like, it's very hard for them to go blow it on yeah. drugs and alcohol and, and I think, super fancy cars right. and things like that. It's sad, but it seems like Judith Barcy is one of the the last kind of like really tragic stories about this happening. You know, it's yeah. not like what happened with like Shirley Temple, Judy mm-hmm. Garland. Uh, Mickey Rooney, like there's a laundry list of terrible things that happened to child actors back in the black and white days. Yeah. So it's better. Uh, You know, you don't want to... But it just still kind of puts a whole pall over... over, Yeah, the whole thing. You know, I mean, with this little girl being an orphan and praying to find parents that will love her. Yeah, she wasn't able to do that song because it was just so sad for her, you know? And so they had to have somebody else sing that song Mm -hmm. because of that. Uh, And so they dedicated the final... And the murder it's, happened before the movie got released. Yes, the the yeah. the movie the movie was released a year later after she was murdered, and so they, they dedicated the final song to her. Actually, it was early enough in production, so they had done the recordings. But Don Bluth, uh, because uh, he was heartbroken about what happened, he went in and he based Anne Marie's design and a lot of her mannerisms off of Judith. Yeah. Um, so he went back in and changed the way that she looked, so she looked exactly like. The girl that voiced her, um, which is really nice and really sweet. Um, you know, Don Bluth again did Land Before Time, mm-hmm. also, so he worked with her there too, um, because of what happened. But yeah, yeah. 
So it was really well. Let's uh, let's just talk a little bit about just some of the other like kind of weird stuff from the movie, and then I think we'll wrap it up on that incredibly sad, <laughs> yeah, and I know, tragic right? this note. One, I, uh, it was just like it's hard. I didn't... As soon as I as soon as I read that, I was just like, oh shit, because I didn't realize that it was the well, same. I knew I knew about what happened with I knew that the I knew that Ducky from the Land Before Time. I knew that that had happened to the voice actor. I just didn't know it was the same voice actor. Yeah. Well, the thing is for me, like like I said, like not really knowing, having not seen this movie in forever yeah i you know i i was looking at the wiki page and i was like judith barcy it was devoted to her memory and at first i was like i wasn't sh- i didn't know really that it was a little girl because right. you think it's like a- you, i mean because a lot of times you have movies where there's a kid and they have an adult person like it's like on the simpsons sure. doing yeah. the Nancy voice of the children right. yeah exactly Cartwright, yardley smith and so I was like, oh, that's really sad. This actress, you know, must have been old and died. And then I, like, clicked on her name to read, like, what had happened. And I was like, holy shit, this is awful. And yeah. this is going to be in the back of my mind now the whole time I'm watching this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the movie's so, yes, title... <laughs> uh, the movie's title actually comes from a Robert Louis Stevenson quote, which uh, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, the, you think those dogs will not be in heaven. I tell you, they will be there long before any of us. And I was like, oh, that's nice. That's yeah, nice I thought. mean, and that's... It's like, true. Totally true. For anybody that has dogs. <laughs> yeah. uh, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, uh, they have they have starred in several movies together. Oh, so yeah. they insisted that Don Bluth leave the room when they recorded They're sessions. They're both in Cannibal Run, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, All those movies. <laughs> um, and so they made Don Bluth leave the room during recording sessions, and they just kind of improvised off of each other. Yeah. And Bluth said, like, you know, um, yeah, he commented, their ad-libs were often better than the original script. So Steven Spielberg was going to be executive producer for the film and released through Amblin Entertainment. Oh, okay. But he left the project because of creative differences with director Don Bluth during the filming of Land Before Time. Just interesting to kind of kind of note that. Well, yeah, because you got to wonder if they maybe would have released on a different date, had a bigger push behind the movie, had it come out. Yeah, under I mean, Spielberg, under Spielberg's Spielberg, banner? Spielberg, and especially at that time, Amblin Entertainment. I mean, like, you go back and watch any of these movies from that time, Amblin is, like, one of the main oh, yeah, producers of that of time period. I mean, Spielberg was doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Doing a lot and of stuff back I, then. But especially kids' movies. I mean, I can't help but feel like Spielberg's hand in this movie would have been a good thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the final thing that I'm going to say is uh, this was pulled, this is pulled word for word, for word from, Wiki, from uh, IMDb. Which is, despite last minute censorship, most modern audiences believe the film should be re-rated as PG. <laughs> and to that I say, no fucking shit. Yeah, no, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Jeez, O'Pete. And I'm sure that they cut a bunch of stuff to get it down to a G rating, but mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys did not cut nearly enough, because it's fucking terrifying. Right? I Yeah, I just... Such a weird film. I mean, it's one of the few children's movies that I think should be rated PG and I mean and there are some that should be rated PG that are rated PG because I want to say isn't it it's one of the ones I actually like one of the Disney movies the isn't the Black Cauldron rated PG Black Cauldron I think is PG yeah Yeah. because it's got again it's got some pretty terrifying imagery in there it's true and um yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm pretty sure it is the first Disney animated film that was ever rated PG. Yeah, I think that's. So, yeah, I think you're right. And and I mean, and that one is like, like I said, it's it's one of my favorites. Actually, I've got a soft spot for Black Cauldron. That probably will be one we'll do on the show eventually. And I don't think I've ever seen it. I've 
watch that movie and I will say for sure that that it needs to be PG because there's some very scary imagery very much on par with what we see in this movie. Yep. And so, yeah. Yep. So again, uh, we do not recommend this movie. It does not hold <laughs> up. Uh, if you are yeah. a child, I don't th- I personally don't think you should watch this. If your children have been bad and you're, you want to punish <laughs> them by making them watch a bad movie, have them watch this movie. Or if they're determined to get dogs, have them watch this movie and then just be like, no, dogs just drink and gamble all the time. Yeah. So that is going to do us, do that, that is going to do us. Do oh, us, man. yeah. yeah. Oh, God, that's, that was that didn't look good no. for anybody out there. I'm glad that this is an audio podcast. Right? Uh, that is going to do it for us this week on Cinemastalgia. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and be sure to find us at on Twitter at, at CinemastalgiaPC. Awesome. Yep, everybody, take it easy, and we will see you next time. Woo! Cinemastalgia is produced by Dave Kelch and Warwick Johnson. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Blog Talk Radio. If you liked the episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Our theme was written and performed by Andy Berlin and mixed and mastered by Peter Carparelli. For more info about the show, you can follow us on Twitter at CinemastalgiaPC or visit us on the web at Cinemastalgia.com. Cinemastalgia.com